Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, part two of our two-part conversation with President and CEO of the National Museum of African American Music, Mr. Henry Hicks III. This is a Black Information Network daily podcast with your host, Ramses Ja. So um, there's another thing you mentioned, too, and I and I and I love this as well. Uh, You talked about um, there being. Elements from the 1600s and there being, you know, uh, hip hop battles, you know, and and all these things kind of in the same space, you know, for people to uh, learn about and interact with and so forth. And so that shows that this museum has a broad appeal. And I happen to know that you have a couple of exhibits um, that I, I'm not sure if you're working on them or if they're, they're already um, available for people to check out. But uh, one of them was a, a George Clinton exhibit. And then I read about another one that was a Lil Wayne exhibit. And it showed me, you know, when I was reading the notes for today's show, it showed me exactly what you were trying to do with the museum. And I love that. So talk to our listeners a bit about those exhibits and sort of yeah, the, yeah. The, the motivation there. Absolutely. I mean, so uh, Lil Wayne's birthday was in, I think he turned 40 in September. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we connected with his team and were able to to do something uh, to sell, help him celebrate his 40th birthday. We gathered up a bunch of artifacts uh, of his and, and, uh, and then, and then got together with uh, some professors over at Vanderbilt university, uh, Michael Eric Dyson and, and, uh, and his partner. And, and they came over and taught a class uh, for Vanderbilt students. They happen to be teaching a course that includes uh, the, uh, the music of little Wayne. And so we had him come over and teach it at the museum uh, just prior to us unveiling the exhibit. So, you know, we really want to broadly celebrate the music. And then at the same time, we had the the George Clinton Fine Art Exhibit. Uh, so during the pandemic, um, Mr. Clinton uh, wasn't going out performing as much. So he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, squirreled away like all of us and had to find some creative outlet and he started painting. And mm-hmm. so he's got this collection of 
amazing fine art that really kind of ties into his music. And so in our in our R.H. Uh, Boyd gallery, we uh, had the the art of George Clinton up at the same time as the as the Little Wayne exhibit. And so once again, as you point out, I mean, we're we're really reaching across the spectrum to say, you know, no matter your age or, or where you came from, there is a through line to this music. And so it really has been a lot of fun over the last few months to celebrate both of those artists. Nice. Now, um, obviously not everyone is based in, uh, in Tennessee and can easily relatively speaking, get to the museum. Um, so we do want to discuss, uh, you know, any ways that folks can like check out the museum online. But one of the things that comes to mind, uh, right now is that there's a partnership with the school of rock to provide uh education right so talk to us a bit about that yeah so we we are really excited actually about working with the school of rock and um we've put together a scholarship program i mean they you know they are very sensitive to making sure that the the programs that they offer the training the lessons that they offer uh reach uh, folks in all kinds of communities uh, all over the country and even all over the world. Um, and so, you know, they are disappointed uh, as a company that there's not uh, the diversity that they'd like to see and the training that they're able to give in their local communities through the schools around the country. Mm-hmm. And so hooked up with us and we said, well, let's, let's together, let's offer some scholarships. And so, um, folks can, uh, can go to our website or our social media or they can go to, they can go to uh, School of Rock social media and apply for that scholarship because, you know, this is a way that uh, that 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 young people that are interested can get great uh, training and education on, uh, on on how to learn to play instruments, how to be in a rock band or mm-hmm. any other kind of band. Uh, and uh, and and they can be uh, they, they can do it for free. So and actually, I think today is the last day to sign up for that program so i would encourage uh if we can and if 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 folks have any difficulty we might be able to work something out i'm I'm not sure when this is going to broadcast but um you know we want to we want to make sure that the kids have an opportunity to access that great music training from the school of rock so so while we're here go ahead and uh plug the uh website for the museum yeah so uh blackmusicmuseum.com uh is a great way to to get there or uh, we we like to call it NAMAM, namam.org, uh, which is N-M-A-A-M.org. Uh, and that's that's one way to do it. And then also blackmusicmuseum.org as well. Okay, perfect. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. 
Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. This episode is made possible by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PWC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are here today with President and CEO of the National Museum of African American Music, Mr. Henry Hicks III, learning about one of Nashville's latest and greatest attractions and discussing the history and impact of African American music's influence and foundations in American music and culture. Now, I want to switch gears um, back just for a second and talk about you because uh, your story is uh, inspirational to say the least. Um, oh, and you. <laughs> you know, you, you're, you've been quoted discussing your previous career, career in investment banking, um, as being the most, prof- most stressful professional experience. That's what it is. Um, and you mentioned that you were not designed to be an investment banker. So talk to us about how you went through those experiences, um, and how you found your path to something that you consider to be more fulfilling. Cause I know that there's a lot of people, especially now, um, with the way, you know, uh, public attitudes toward employment are changing, how people are dedicating their lives to, to things that they're not happy with. They don't feel fulfilled. You know, you are yeah. definitely a person who has blazed a trail. So again, talk to us about going from, an invest investment banker um finding your or i guess finding that that wasn't your true calling and then ultimately sure. finding your actual calling yeah you know i i appreciate the question uh you know I, I, again i think it really ties into my family uh upbringing and the idea that i was i believe that i was put here to do something that only I could do to contribute in a way uh, to our country and to my community in a way that is unique. Okay. Um, and so I really, from the time I was, I began college and was going through college was really looking for what that was. And, and as I mentioned, I went to Morehouse, I thought that that was sales. Mm-hmm. So I went into, went into sales and I figured, you know, uh, 
I discovered pretty quickly that, you know, not only was I not a great plastic salesman, but it was something that I'm not sure anybody could do it, but I probably wasn't going to be the best at that. And it wasn't, it wasn't my thing. I went into finance and investment banking. I really found, I did find a lot of um, uh, good, uh, not only great experience, but I got some really good, um, I made a contribution there. And, but where I really felt like I made a contribution was, specifically uh, when I was doing deals supporting black businesses and was mm-hmm. able to do uh, a few of those deals. And, and that felt really good to be able to, to do that. Black businesses, women-owned businesses, smaller businesses, people, uh, people and enterprises that um, were not going to be helped unless somebody understood them and understood the story, understood the the culture of what they were trying to do and the significance would believe in what they were trying to do. Sure. Um, and so when I was doing those kinds of things, uh, it was a, it was an amazing experience, but unfortunately when you're working for someplace like bank of America, you can't just say, I'm only going to do the black deals. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta do everything else. And so, you know, outside of that, I really felt like I was a cog in, in the wheel. It was just kind of, I was the guy writing the book. I was the guy running the model. It was just kind of, you know, whatever it was. And that wasn't enough. So I went to work for a private equity firm that focused on doing uh, deals, uh, minority business oriented deals and had a great time. Uh, And that's when I went off and and did my own uh, and uh, had a a really good experience there. Uh, But when it really came around to, to this museum, um, what I was experiencing as board chair was that really the, the the philanthropic community, which was substantially white, was really given the project the stiff arm. It was it was yeah, you know, why do you need a sixty million dollar museum? How about a ten million dollar museum? You know, why why does it need to be downtown? Why don't we put it over in the black community? Um, you know, why don't we? You know, we'll we'll support you a little bit, but we don't really understand the significance of what you're doing. And actually, that made me kind of mad. I mean, I kind of, and so I said, wait a minute. I mean, this is something that I knew and understood. This is a big deal. This is a big opportunity. This is a big story. This is culturally really significant, not just for Black folks, but actually, I really believe that it would really pivot the way Black folks and others really looked at the definition of who Nashville is and what Music City is. And really, as, as somebody who was kind of a commuter, living in town, my perspective on it was, man, this place is really cool. And the people here, regardless of race and the whole thing, are really welcoming. Mm -hmm. But that story, that message wasn't getting out to the people that I hung out with on a day-to-day basis in the Black community. And so this museum, you know, would really serve to do that. And then kind of in the midst of all of that, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was the it was it was the Oscars or the Grammys. It must have been the Grammys. India Ari kind of went off on a rant against the Grammys, where she wrote a um, open letter and yeah. talked about you know she really felt snubbed. And so I went and found her and said, you know, this museum is your place. Mm. This is we're going to build this museum, and this is going to be the place where your message, your music, your mission can be celebrated all day, every day. And not just you, India, but anybody like you, anybody similar. I mean, India is an icon in Black music. 
But, you know, there are many, many others who also aren't getting that due. And I was like, man, I mean, there's a big community of these people that are out here creating and they're they're creating this music, this culture that is who we are, that expresses better, you know, than we can the things that we're working through, but they don't have a place to be celebrated. They don't have a place for their message to break through. And so we're going to, we're going to create that. And so experiences like that caused me to really kind of go from being a kind of uh, part-time volunteer uh, with a very full plate of other professional obligations to say, wait a minute, I need to jump into this thing and really, really get it done. And what I was pleasantly surprised to find out was that all the experiences that I had prior to me taking on this role were the perfect training for me doing what you're doing now. All the finance experience, all the sales experience, all the consulting experience, all the travel, all of that added up to the ability to know what I knew how to do, but also the maturity to know what I didn't know how to do. And so, you know, I asked questions around how do we tell this story? How do we finance construction? How do we uh, integrate technology with the traditional artifacts to come up with something that's more like Disneyland than museums from 50 years ago? Sure. And so all of that innovation and entrepreneurship that was just kind of, I didn't know what that word entrepreneurship was when I was in college, but you know, now that I'm older, like what does this entrepreneurship that is in my blood mean for creating a cultural institution? And so that's what we've tried to do is say, you know, let's let's break the mold. Let's respect the mold. Let's respect how this thing, how this notion of telling cultural stories has come about. But let's let's be willing to break the mold a little bit and then maybe put it back together in a different way to come up with something else. So you know, it really has been a journey of 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 being determined to fail forward, mm-hmm. um, being determined to stay true to um, you know what I really believed was a special calling that I had. I didn't know it was to be museums, but I knew it was not to sell plastic, okay. and so you know there was something that I needed to find, and I just kept fighting to find it, and it. And it happened to be building a museum in downtown Nashville. Would have never guessed. Uh, I know Um, the feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's what it worked out to be. So yeah, it's 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 been a real. I mean, just an amazing experience. I I pinch myself all the time that you know, like, man, how did I wind up at this intersection of culture and entrepreneurship and music? Like, how did I wind up here? And and I get to do this every day. So. That's that's uh, very inspiring. Good, good for you, yeah. and uh, I appreciate you sharing that that with us. Yeah. So, so what's next for the uh, museum? What what can we expect on the horizon? Yeah, well, so we actually um, have have just got a, a meaningful award. We haven't. Uh, I don't think we're cleared to formally announce it yet, but we're going to be able to build a Fist Jubilee Singers exhibit that will. Okay. Um, that will we'll probably finish it and get it going by 2024, but we'll we'll start fabricating it early next year and and then it will be here for a while and then it'll travel the country. It'll be a partnership with 
HBCUs and black churches throughout the country. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited to begin doing that work. That's kind of real big boy museum stuff. Yes. Yeah, uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're planning on um, a series of our celebration of legends events. We're going to do them a little bit differently this year. Um, so we're going to do uh, three or four smaller celebration of legends, gala events this year, honoring, uh, giving out our Rhapsody and Rhythm Award to uh, iconic honorees in the music industry during the course of 2023. Uh, we're going to celebrate hip hop forever next year. Nice. Uh, next year is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. So we're going to, we're going to celebrate that. Um, and there's all kinds of good stuff coming. We're, we're still breaking the mold. We're still innovating. So we're, we're working with a company to try to build a, a pretty unique, um, kind of social media application for, for museum fans. And, okay. um, and uh, and so working on that, we're, we're probably a couple years away from getting that one fully publicly launched. Maybe maybe not. Depends on how much money you can raise for it. But but we're working on that. So we're still still innovating, even as we're plugging ahead. So 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 how can we uh, how can we support you, our, our listeners? How can we get a dollar from our pocket into yours? Uh, yeah, plug yeah, us in social media, everything. Absolutely. So I I appreciate that. I mean, and and it's certainly. We are in the in the midst of kind of our year end giving campaign. It was uh, Giving Tuesday was just two days ago, but it's never too late. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, sort of at blackmusicmuseum.org, folks can go and they can they can donate um, uh, and, or buy a membership and uh, lots of digital content that we share with our members. Uh, but also follow us on social media. So we're on all platforms, we're we're at the NAMAM or at the N M A A M, and folks can find us there. And uh, just kind of jump on board and see what we're up to, and then, and then eventually find your way to find your way to Nashville. Come hang yeah, out with yeah. us a little bit. It's a, it's a fun hop in town, and and knock on the door, see if I'm around, and uh, love to love to say hello if 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 you make it down. I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate your time uh, spending uh, so much time with us today. We, it's rare that we get to get a person of your caliber spend a uh, good quality time with us like this. So it, it definitely is meaningful. Um, and obviously your insight, your passion is infectious and uh, just an inspiring person all the way around. Once again, today's guest is president and CEO of the National Museum of African-American Music, Mr. Henry Hicks III. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. I'm Maggie B. Nowen, and I'll leave you with this. Having gone through his own trials, tribulations, and triumphs before arriving at his highest and most purpose-filled post. When asked his advice for anyone wondering how to create their own legacy, Henry Hicks responded with this, quote, You are created uniquely. Live in that, own that, and find your own way in definition of success and contribution. Find a way to give and make what you do matter more than just to you, your immediate family, and your bank account. Your way will be different than anyone else's. Unquote. Making a way different than anyone else and all the way to the one and only CEO position at the National African American Museum of Music. Henry Hicks truly understands and demonstrates what it means to stand out in the best of ways. Exhibited in both consistent words and actions, with the support of an incredible community and Hicks' great leadership, the National African American Museum of Music uniquely stands out as a place of togetherness, goodness, and inclusion. It is truly a one-of-a-kind creation. 
Built solely to showcase the history, resilience, grace, and ingenuity of African-American people since the very origination of our presence in this country. Beyond that invaluable message, there is another of equal weight. Purposely positioned right above its entryway are George Clinton's lyrics, displayed on a thoughtfully commissioned art piece, delivering the same intro track and the same close to any and all of the museum's visitors. It reads, One Nation Under a Groove. This, broadcasting the museum's hopes and goals for all of us, the ideals of joy, community, and inclusion. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Find your daily podcast host at Ramses Jaw on all social media. And did you have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. We'd love to hear from you. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. We look forward to your joining us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.